the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, host of the Dr. John Deloney Show, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. Go ahead and give you a heads up. Uh, it is, uh, for those of you listening live, you know this. Those of you catching us later, this is Monday, the day after Sunday, bloody Sunday, when the student loan payments began again. And uh, if you've opened your checkbook or you've opened your bank balance and you've looked at it after having to start paying your student loans again, you're one of 44 million Americans that owe $1.7 trillion. Uh, you've had an ouchie moment. And, um, hey, we're here for you. We understand. It's overwhelming. It's confusing. Uh, it's anxiety-producing. And uh, we're going to help you with uh, the get-out-of-debt thing and even the anxiety. Dr. John Deloney has a new book coming out. Uh, tomorrow is launch day. It is launch book launch week for us here at Ramsey, Building a Non-Anxious Life by Dr. John Deloney. And, uh, John, we that uh, comes out tomorrow, by the way, and I'll go ahead and give you the pitch if you order today. Before midnight tonight, that is the official day, right? Then at our website at RamseySolutions.com, you can get the book for $20. By the way, the average nonfiction book is $32.63 in America today, which shocked the crap out of me when I heard that books have gone up that much. But since I actually know the cost of these things going up and the cost of paper going up, I'm not shocked, but it still caught me off guard. But ours isn't. Ours is $20 through tonight, and you get $75 in free bonus items, including the audio book, the e-book, and one of John's talks from Smart Conference. And, uh, John, this book is uh, its already – I think we've sold enough that it will be number one next week when the, list, when the lists come out. I'll be shocked if it's not. We've sold a bazillion of these things out of the chute here. Uh, unless some kind of weird statistical anomaly happens, it'll be a number one. Uh, and the reaction to it is matched with the need in the marketplace. There's a lot of anxiety. Yeah, it's everywhere. Um, everywhere we go, from wealthy people to those struggling, to kids, to adults, to um, geriatric populations, everybody's wrestling with it. Yeah. And, and uh, the the population that has a student loan debt that just came to you uh, builds, an, you know, one of the six daily choices that you teach folks to make in here to get there is this idea of freedom and that that goes a whole thing with the freedom yeah right dead free right i'm dead free and i'm stupid i got rid of sally may and so i'm free that it changes everything yeah there's also one of the the, the first steps is choosing reality and i remember back in july when it came out and we started barking from this microphone here is your reality. Some of y'all bought houses, some of you bought cars, some of you signed up for memberships, whatever, that you can no longer afford because you thought the government was going to take your, your student loan payments away, like they told you, and you weren't stupid. That's what they told you, And but you, here we you, are. You were stupid. You believed the government. Well, there's that. Okay. So start choosing reality now and start making moves now. And just like we told people three years ago, hey, they're not charging you interest. Now is the perfect time to pay these off. Was it 1% of people chose that reality? Mm-hmm. And now it's back, right? So I want people who didn't choose reality, who continue to kick it and kick it and kick it, and then uh, October 1st. But that's true of all areas of our life on anxiety, not just money. That's right. But I want people to feel it. This is what your body's trying to tell you. You're not safe. It's been telling you for the last six months you're not safe. That's what what we're talking about here. 
And the quicker you can choose reality and move from that, whether it's student loans, whether it's your marriage falling apart, whether it's your kids don't want to be in the same room with you, what your health, whatever it is, if you keep avoiding reality, your body's going to keep banging that alarm louder and louder and louder to get your attention that you're not okay. Yeah. And so the purpose of the book, The Six Daily Choices, is not to do away with anxiety. It is to do away with the things that cause anxiety because we live in such a frenetic, out-of-control, chaotic world that we've created an anxiety monster it called our lives. Right. I don't want to live in a house without a smoke detector. That's silly. I don't want to work in a building without a smoke detector. That's dumb. But I don't want it going off 24-7, 365. So this book is really a book about finding the fires in your house, in your life, in your marriage, in your health. Not find the smoke detector. Not the smoke detectors. Find right? the farms, fires. Find the fires. Let's get One to work way to on get putting the smoke those fires detector out. to quit beeping is to have no smoke. That's exactly Hello. right. Hello. Yeah. You can uh, yell and scream at that little beep in your car when your uh, seatbelt's not fastened, and it just beeps and beeps and beeps. Or you can just fasten your seatbelt. Right? That's what we're doing here. We're going to find the simple things that are in all of our lives that we got to deal with. Yeah, health and healing, belief, connection, freedom, reality, and the freedom, uh, a portion of the subject of freedom is, is this idea of being debt-free. If if you paid attention the last three years about the student loan stuff because you had a student loan payment to make, imagine a world where, like, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't care what they're doing because I don't owe anybody any money. That's what we're talking about. That sense of peace and that sense of, whew, and that could be, Jade Warshaw took eight years with her husband to pay it off. That could be John and Sheila Deloney that took multiple, multiple years to pay us off. Um, it could be that teacher that we talked to in New York City when they got locked down, um, who was a teacher who paid off in one year, six, six figures, just kept, I mean, just worked 20 hours a day. She said, I don't have anything else to do. I can't go anywhere. I can't hang out with any of my friends. I'm going to get these loans paid off. Whatever your path is, imagine sitting here right now on repayment day. I'm, I don't have anything to repay. Yeah. I already took care of it. Yeah, I don't have anxiety today because I don't have a student loan today. That's right. If all the inflation talk, it's just really annoying. But I don't borrow money from banks anyway, so what do I, I, don't, I don't care. You know what I mean? It just changes how you do everything. Yeah, interest rates are driving me crazy. Not me. I don't borrow money. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any money out there. Yeah, interest rates went up again on mortgages. Not mine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it, it's, it sounds trite and it sounds silly, but this is, this is freedom is that, that word peace you've been talking about for 30 years. Well, I mean, relationships, our health, our spiritual walk, our finances, these are all areas that you can make choices in that limit the anxiety bucket from overflowing. Right. That's right. And uh, the daily choices are, are key to this whole thing. And uh, it doesn't mean you're never going to have anxiety. It means you'll have less of it because you'll have less problems causing the alarm to go off. The way I've, I've gone about describing this, Dave, is we all brush our teeth twice a day. Most of us. George Campbell, we don't know for sure, but most times, of us, most yeah. of us. He brushes his teeth a lot. Um, brush your teeth twice a day. And then over time, you don't have bad breath. And over time, um, you don't have cavities. But if you lean in to give your wife a kiss and she goes, ah, your breath is bad, then you know you probably have a tooth infection. Now I'm going to go deal with it. Similarly, I'm going to do these things on a regular basis. It's going to become part of my life. And when the when I start feeling anxious, I'm going to know my body's working just as it should, and it's going to lead me to where there's, there might be an issue. Yep. That's how it works, boys and girls. Building a non-anxious life comes out tomorrow. Uh, for those of you that have pre-purchased it, uh, the tens of thousands of you, thank you. We will be shipping them tonight. They'll be heading your direction, so they come out tomorrow. You'll start seeing them in bookstores tomorrow. Uh, Amazon, uh, those of you that purchased it there, it'll be shipped. 
And if you buy it by midnight tonight, Building a Non-Anxious Life, it's $20. We're going to throw in $75 worth of additional items for re. We're bribing you to buy it before midnight. If you're listening to me, take the bribe. This is The Ramsey Show. Fake it till you make it. It's popular career advice, but it doesn't work for very long. If you don't love what you do, you can't fake the enthusiasm and energy you need to win at work. You also can't fake your physical health and energy. Everybody knows we should eat more fruits and veggies, but fruit chews and veggie tips don't count. If you aren't winning physically, I promise you're limiting your opportunities to win professionally. Folks, I know you're going hard right now to pay off debt and get ahead professionally. You need another gear, and that's why Balance of Nature will help you. They help me. They give me the benefits of fresh, whole fruits and veggies in just seconds. The blend of 31 different fruits and veggies is powdered in an advanced process that locks in the nutrients. So go to balanceofnature.com and enter the promo code RAMSEY to get 35% off your first order and lock in a lifetime price as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com with the promo code RAMSEY for 35% off your first order. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Well, we're doing something we've never done on the Ramsey Show. Uh, we sent Jade Washaw and Ken Coleman to Washington, D.C. They've been up there for about the last 48 hours with the student loans restarting, uh, talking to the man on the street. Uh, and some uh, women on the street and some uh, people that should be on the street called congressmen. No, I'm kidding. And uh, they're, hey, learning about um, what's happening with the student loans. So what are you guys finding out up there? Well, Dave, thanks for having us on. So we spent yesterday the full day moving between Georgetown, uh, the campus, talking to a lot of students about their current debt situation. And then we moved to the mall in between the Lincoln Memorial and the Washington Monument and talked to so many different people. It was a lot of fun and we it heard, was. I think one key theme was that people really believe collectively, no matter how they vote or what they believe in from a religious standpoint, the message was tuition is too high. Yeah. It's going up too quickly, it's outsized. And that was a very interesting theme, Jade. I agree. You know, and something else, they knew tuition was high, but when we asked the students, so how much are you paying each semester? How much are you paying each year? When you come out of college, how much total debt do you think you'll have? And it was really interesting. They kind of seemed in a fog about how much debt they were going to leave with. Um, one guy even said to us, he said, you know, I've got bigger fish to fry. I've got enough to worry about right now. I'm getting my MD. You know, I, I'll worry about that, you know, when I get out of med school. And I thought, oh my gosh. He estimated that he'd probably come out with about three or four hundred thousand dollars of debt, Dave. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. And his starting salary, he thinks $60,000. Oh. So uh, it's that kind of story that was pretty synonymous. Everybody thinks that tuition has got to be addressed. Yeah. So tuition is too high, to but it, I, though, um, so they're saying tuition is too high, but they don't know how much it is. That's right. That's right. Very that's interesting. Weird. At Georgetown, a lot of these kids. Yeah. Well, now it's interesting at Georgetown. Obviously, uh, we saw a pattern too, where these students were saying they didn't know how much they actually were going to owe because mom and dad took out the loans or yeah. handled all the details. So that was kind of scary as well. 
And there's another piece to it, uh, Dave and John. Not only did they believe that tuition was too high, everybody agreed that there's a major problem here. And we asked them specifically, well, what do you think about forgiveness? You know, Biden, these administrations offering forgiveness, do you think it's a good idea? And here's what I thought was really remarkable. They all thought, hey, it would be nice to have forgiveness. All of us would love for somebody to come in and take care of our debt. But they all agreed that it was kind of a selfish, you know, it was a selfish want that ultimately it probably wasn't best for people, for the government, uh, for people in large to offer that forgiveness, A, because it's not fair for everybody, and B, because of the tax implication of burdening, you know, others who maybe didn't even take out student loans with the bill. Is What are they, I struggle with the cost part because it feels like yet another way of passing the blame onto somebody else. And um, I can drive by a car dealership, like a Porsche dealership, and the prices are going to be expensive, and the car is worth the money. I mean, it's expensive, but it's up to me to be responsible enough to know I can't afford a Porsche, and so I'm going to move on. Um, Do any of those students that you met with own the fact that they're going to a school that they can't afford, even how much it costs? (laughs) Well, there's no question you make a very good point, John, Uh, but I think it's different between the student who wants to go into social work, who goes and gets a really expensive degree and is only making $40,000, $45,000, and then the med student that we talked to, there's only one way to get that med degree, and medical school is crazy. And to give you real numbers, because these people are Why is a medical doctor only going to make sixty k? Well, he's talking about the intern years, uh, is what he said, as a cardiac. So, So he's got to intern for three or four years, but let me point this out because John brings up a good point. But if we look at 2010 to 2022, the cost of tuition rose over 12% mm-hmm. each year when you had inflation only moving up at about 2.5%. So it is ridiculous. These colleges and universities keep raising the price because they've got an audience who just keeps getting the loan. The federal loan program and these colleges and universities are colluding. That's a simple That's fact. Right. Oh, no question about it. If you cut the money off, from the student loans, suddenly right. the price increases would go away. I mean, because they wouldn't That's have right. as many, exactly they wouldn't right, have Dave. students willing or able to pay what they're charging. So yeah, they'd have to re- they have to address the problem. But th- but that goes back to Dave, what you've been saying for the, the last year, which is the student loan bailout program is almost beside the point. We deal with that after yeah. y- you don't deal with the flood without turning the faucet off first, right? At first, you got to deal with the faucet. And if they were serious about helping young people and they were serious about helping students and serious about not saddling future generations with trillions of dollars of debt, they would deal with that up front instead of you, got, you know f- f- bailing water and letting it continue to yeah, run. You can't keep making the loans. That's intellectually dishonest yeah. when, the, when, you know, yeah. when we've got a crisis on our hands of student loan. Epic proportions here. So uh, did you run into people whose loans are starting back today? Yes. It's so funny that you mentioned that. We got the opportunity to talk to several folks. I talked to a girl. Her name was Ariel. And she was excited to talk to us. She had strong feelings about student loans and forgiveness. And she was really banking, Dave, on forgiveness from the Biden administration. And when she didn't get it, you know, she's been seeing her interest pile up, obviously, since the start of September. And she told me, she said, Jade, I've already seen a thousand dollars accrue in interest from September 1st until today. She said it's the equivalent of three full payments almost. Mm -hmm. And she said it's blowing my mind how quickly this interest is accruing. She's an she's an educator herself. And she's like, I don't see a way out. And so, you know, I was able to talk to her. I said, hey, what if I told you that every day, you know, several times a week on the Ramsey show, we hear people come in doing their debt free scream. They paid off 70,000, 80,000, 220,000, whatever number 
of debt. People are doing it every day. They've just got to have the tools in order to make it happen. And honestly, they've got to believe that it can happen. And I feel like that's the missing piece, uh, Ken, that we've seen. And when Jade asked her that, she lit up. There was so much <laughs> hope that just took over her whole body. It was a really cool moment. Yeah. So um, I'm curious. In my mind, there's 44 million people today that have a payment due for the first time in three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, in many cases, a, a large payment. It's going to take a chunk out. Are you, is I feel like it, I don't know why. I feel like we're the only ones talking about this. Like the like the typical person in America is talking about it, but I haven't run into anybody in the media that's gotten that today is a big freaking deal economically, societally, everything else. Are you running into people out are going, my God, what a mess? Not really. When we were on the college campus, it was interesting, Ken, on the college campuses, it's almost like they're just in a blur. They have no idea this is happening. I probably talked to five different students who I said, hey, do you understand the significance of today? I said, do you understand student loans have been on pause for three years? They're finally starting back. And they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's right. It's business as usual, Dave. It's not a big story because, quite frankly, it's so old. It's been around forever. And I think the American people have lost a lot of hope to where it's not a sensational story anymore, and that's what's really a crime. You know, this has to be addressed from the leadership level in Congress, in the White House. It's a crime that they're giving this money away to yeah. people who can't afford it and then charging them crazy interest. This is not about helping people get educated. This is a hidden tax on the American people, in my opinion. And there's a little bit of onus, Ken, on the parents in this situation because yes. a lot of the students we talked to, yeah. they said from their own mouth, hey, I think my parents took out a loan. I think they signed for it. I'm pretty sure they're taking care of the bill. And, you know, to which I said, hey, you better have that conversation and have it fast because when it comes time to pay the piper, you need to know who's on the hook. Well, Jade, you bring up a great point. There's there's millions and millions of parents that use the college their kid got into to give themselves a pat on the back and to be able to tell their friends in church and the community instead of having a realistic, honest conversation about, hey, child, what do you actually want to do when you grow up and what is the best path for you and our family there? They just want to run and say, hey, my kid got into Georgetown. My kid's going to Georgetown. That's right. Forget the fact that it's going to be 40 years of paying that thing off. Yeah, what a mess. That's absolutely right, John. Wow. Jade Warshaw, Ken Coleman in Washington, D.C., reporting live on the first day that the student loan payments kicked back in officially, as of uh, actually technically as of last night. But uh, there you go. And, um, man, we're starting to see some movement out there in the marketplace, and we thought we wanted to be right on the front lines. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We'll check in with you next hour. This is The Ramsey Show. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. John and Rachel are with us, and uh, a special debt-free scream uh, because John's one of our newer team members, right? That's right. How long have you been with us? Um, going on eight months now. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good deal. And tell everybody what you do here at Ramsey. Uh, I'm on the K-12 renewal team for our Ramsey education team. Okay. So K through 12, meaning our high school curriculum. That's right. And uh, you work with that team, making sure that high school students get our high school curriculum around America. That's right. Very good stuff. Well, thank you. Good work. Good work. 
All right, John and Rachel, how much debt have you paid off? Uh, 50000 in 13 months. All right. Eight months of it, you were here. Mm-hmm. All right. And I won't ask your income because we don't do that since you're a team member. And I was going to have you announce it to all your friends and community <laughs> yeah, members here. All the people that you work with will be standing around right now, and we're going to tell them what your income is. I think that'd be just tacky. So we don't do that. But congratulations. Okay, so five months before you got here, where were you all living? Uh, right here in Nashville, you still. Here, so here in kind town. of in Spring So, what Hill. got you started on this five months before you came here? Well, yeah. so the really fun part of our story that I think even the HR team got a big, big hoot out of is that when I asked Rachel's dad, who's here with us today, for uh, his blessing, he was like, "Absolutely." But the only thing that w- we had to do was he said, "You just have to go through FPU." before you get married and so i like him (laughs) that kind of kicked off the entire journey for us and so as soon as we got married and graduated it was kind of time to be a gazelle and time to get after it yeah Yeah. so we graduated in may of 2022 and then got married in june and right after we got back from like our honeymoon and everything it was august of 2022 that we started attacking all of it Mm -hmm. and and then just a couple months later you go to your father-in-law go hey uh fpu one thing now hold my beer i'm going to work there yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah i don't know who was more excited if it was if it was my wife or him actually yeah. to start being here not gonna lie i didn't just go through fpu i'm going to work there <laughs> i got a job there okay yeah. that's cool yeah. i like that that's fun yeah. very cool very cool so that means rachel you grew up a financial peace baby i did yes um my parents went through it in 2017 um and then they were inspired by like they're still in their journey they're almost done as well um and so they started teaching uh generation change like the um, oh wow yeah, yeah. <laughs> they started teaching that at, at the, our church at the church yeah yep. for the teenagers yep. yeah so i took that um with them when i was a senior in high school and um foundations and personal finance at in high school as well which is cool because now john sells that wow um, you, you couldn't get away yeah mm-hmm. not at all <laughs> so you're stuck all the way around yeah yeah, John, you didn't have a choice. No, no not mean, really. You're, you're just getting into this. Thing, so. <laughs> Does that mean all the debt in your marriage was yours? No, it was no, both it of was us. combined. So yeah. I think it was about um, about you had 16, and I had about 28, and yeah. then we had some medical bills that popped up over the last year as well mm-hmm. um, that we were able to prepare for, even mm-hmm. even paying off debt. But um, that was by far one of the most stressful times. Was when we just had a lot of moments where we looked at each other and we were like just tearful um and my my team member ryan andrew can also attest like where i just was like i'm so ready to be done with this mm-hmm. and yeah. so that that journey that like drive to just be to knock it out i mean the, the pain is what really just gets you going because you're like i'm done with this so what kind yeah. of debts were those student, student loans. loans all student loans mm-hmm. okay yep. and so uh yeah standing here today with student loans kicking back in knowing that's not there is a big relief yes. absolutely <laughs> yeah so you mentioned something that's really important i think for couples to understand there's that rah-rah moment, that really excited, you have that first conversation, and we're going to do this, and then there's month nine, mm-hmm. where it's hard, you wanna, it's hard, you're exhausted, you just want to go on a date, you've been married one year, can we go yeah. on a date? And you're like, nope, we got to finish this, this journey. <laughs> you can go, you just have to go to the park. That's right, you got to right. do another free date, another walk around. We got real creative with we it. We really did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And so, but, but... Tell them what it feels like on the other side. Like Dave just said, student loans are kicking off today. And yeah, okay. Like for y'all, it's not it's not an event in your home, right? Tell, mm-hmm. them, tell them what it feels like mm-hmm. to be on this side of it. It feels so good. Um, I think we talked about before this what like the hardest part was for us. And it was definitely like going through it and being like, okay, we're almost there, we're almost there. But also seeing like relationships and friendships change because of our lifestyle change. Um, and 
at the same time like we had all of these new friends like come alongside us and support us in it um and so, oh, now, so you got rid of the dumb friends who got smart ones <laughs> we like we <laughs> Dave, they're watching too why did you climb like that <laughs> we had a lot she's of trying people. to be so sweet will you please list the dumb friends <laughs> oh, got their names no. <laughs> but Gosh, we had Dave. so many people come alongside of us and like celebrate with us and like so many are here today and watching everything so it feels really good to like have such a great community around us supporting us. Yeah, I, I think one thing too is, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of people who are living life a different way, and you know, they're like, "Well, that first year marriage is so fun," and you're like, "I don't know, that first year marriage is really hard because like we didn't live together. There was other things too. It's like we had to learn how to communicate, and not to mention, and FP was such a big game changer here because not only were we heading into this, but we also were going into this knowing full well of like what conversations we needed to have to start off. Mm -hmm. And so we already were talking about money. We were already talking about relationships. We were talking about where are we going to live and what's going to be financially savvy, not where do we want to be, but where do we need to be? And so even making those budgetary decisions was a game changer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You guys got a real head start. I mean, there's so much, you're so functional. It's amazing in a dysfunctional world. Well, and if you think about it, if you think about it like a sports team, if the whole team gets together and the first weekend they all get together, they just start playing live games. Mm -hmm. They're going to be terrible. They're not going to be good. Mm -hmm. But y'all two spent the first year of your marriage, first year and a half, in the weight room, working hard, right? Working hard, working hard, working hard, learning to work together. And now you've got the next 60 years where nobody will own you two. Yeah. Yeah. Not even Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody will own you two, and y'all are going to be able to make decisions. I know. I just had to. I mean, I do work here, remember, so he does kind of sign my checks. So so did he. I I used to. (laughs) I used to also. Um, But nobody's going to own you two, and y'all can make decisions about your homes and your kids Mm -hmm. forever now. John, I'm curious. uh, Did you have much background on financial peace university or anything before your future father-in-law dumps this weird request on you <laughs> um a little bit here and there I, I grew up in southern illinois and so my parents had kind of so done when he some said of that what did you think i was tell like, the truth honestly i was like whatever it takes well yeah whoa, he could have said well son uh, you can marry my daughter but i'm gonna set you on fire and he would have been like oh, okay i'll do that Uh-oh. too get the matches exactly right. <laughs> get the matches that's I'll right bring the gas right. so, okay so it was that category it wasn't yeah. like he's weird yeah, well, Strange. I mean, and too, they've been yeah. coordinators for a couple of years now. So yeah. even we got to kind of visit in on some of their classes as well as we were kind of back and forth between here in Cleveland, Ohio. And so yeah. even that part was really fun to get to be a part of it, even too, is, you know, we're looking for leaders here. And so how we can step into our communities and continue to lead from a place of accomplishing these tasks and then being able to encourage other people to do the same thing, which I had a, my buddy who I was his best man. He came to me and he's like, well, I've got this these like credit cards that I use for school. I've got like $10,000 and they just got married and had like, 60 grand liquid cash. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, pay off the dang thing. And so I'm sitting down with him basically as his financial advisor. And I'm like, this is what this looks like. It's really simple. And it's going to avoid a lot of heartbreak down the road because you've got this now. And when Dave, as you say, when you invite Murphy in, bad things happen. Yeah. I got a feeling John's going to be able to talk some schools into doing the curriculum. <laughs> I, I would, I'm literally ready to buy it right now. I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is game on right, right now. Well yeah. done, you guys. We're very Thank proud you. of you. Proud to have you on the team. And I uh, love the heritage and the history and the whole thing. It's a beautiful story and uh, uh, multi-generational uh, financial peace stuff going on here. Very yeah. good stuff. I love it. I love it. You're so set up to be multi-millionaires and to be unbelievably generous and help so many people. We're honored to have you guys on our team. People Thank like you. you are who we want. Uh, we're going to give you 
the live and give bundle as if you didn't have all that stuff already <laughs> with working here the uh, baby steps millionaires book the total money makeover book and a financial peace membership you'll be able to give those away to somebody uh, in addition to the things we already give you as a team member to give away so you got lots of things good stuff good stuff john and rachel franklin tennessee members of the ramsey team members of the family fifty thousand dollars paid off in 13 months count it down let's hear a debt-free scream Three, two, one. We're dead free! Yeah! <laughs> That's how it's done in the education department. I'm just saying. This is the Ramsey Show. I saw some recent financial statistics, and there was some pretty troubling news. When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one-third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend, and their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Shannon's in Columbus, Ohio. Hi, Shannon. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sure. What's up? Uh, I am 67 years old, and I'm wondering your opinions. I haven't heard you talk about this on pre-planning and pre-paying for a funeral. Mm. Well, it is uh, a gift to your um, relatives if you pre-plan. It's a gift to the okay. funeral home if you prepay. <laughs> okay, that was kind of my thought, too. <laughs> yeah, because the inflation rate of funerals is around 4%, so you're basically making 4% on your money. Okay, okay. And uh, and, and you're, of course, locked into everything. But if you the more, deta- the more nerdy and detailed you want to get into it, uh, and I'm feeling guilty right now because I've done zero casket picking, and I'm 63. Um, but I, so I've not pre-planned or prepaid in my case, I probably actually should go do some kind of a something and give them a, a guideline. Cause I'm so pre-planned on every other part of my estate plan. It's so detailed and we have meetings once a year to go over it. And I don't, I haven't done the casket thing. I pre-planned my funeral to a T you did. And my wife made it very clear. I'm not running errands for you after she goes, this funeral will be how I want it to be. And so that's who I married. Yeah. Well, Sharon will mm-hmm. be so upset when I'm gone that oh. she won't be able to think clearly. As you were no, saying this, really. I was thinking, I bet your kids I bet your kids have a casket. It's a little bit up. of a celebration. I hey, bet Shannon, it's a wood box. He, yeah. Here would be my concern is that the version of the funeral you have in your mind that possibly you even prepay for, I would imagine there's two or three leadership changes by the time um, you pass away. And... What your family would actually get would probably be less than what you have in mind. That would I, I would love. I, I honestly have not experienced that. Honestly, nope. I mean, it's, okay. it's, it's a valid concern, but I've never run into that. What I have run into is, is I finally realized that the funeral world is an industry, 
and it's an extremely profitable industry. Very much so. And like many mm-hmm. things, when you add the uh, financing or prepayment to it, you add to their profits. I have figured that out, and that's true. Mm-hmm. They make as much money on the prepayment plans as they do actual margin on the uh, goods and services associated with one being buried in your final day. So uh, your, your final arrangements. But, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think it'd be, it's, it's, it is a gift for people to not – in, a, in an emotional state, have to make a bunch of value decisions. Okay. That does make sense to me, although I'm being very uh, upfront and admitting I have not done that part of it. I've done everything else in the estate plan, and they'll figure it out probably. This bunch will be able to afford it, I can tell you that. But, the, uh, uh-huh. but yeah, I would not prepay. I've always told people not to prepay. And the extreme examples are if you took the amount of a funeral and invested at age 30, instead of making 4% on your money, you made an investment return on your money, you'd have like 600000 bucks when you get to 80. And so prepaying right. like in your 30s or 40s is mathematically ridiculous. Now, when you're 67 mm-hmm. or 63, like me and you, then, you know, it's not as many years for that to compound, um, uh, you know, even if it's 20, you know, or, or whatever. So, yeah, I, I don't I tell people don't prepay. And I do tell them to pre-plan. That's the overall thing, even though I, that's one of the few areas I've not done what I say to do. What, what about plots? Do, what about buying family plots or? I have not, but I, I'm not against them. Okay. I mean, because you, you're purchasing them. Yeah. Uh, and what you're doing is locking in the location, location and all that kind right of stuff. Right. And, uh, but I got to tell you, uh, if I had bought those uh, 25 years ago, they'd probably be in a different place than they would be today. Hmm. So, I mean, um, think about that. Where you'd want to you be know, buried 25 yeah. years versus now? Yeah, I mean, think about how the city's changed mm-hmm. and, you know, our lives have changed and stuff in 20 or 25 years. Or think about where you were, you know, 20 years oh, ago. I would have bought. Mean, you've been in Texas. That's right, yeah. You know, and, and now you live in Tennessee. So, yeah. I mean, I, it's a, an interesting uh, thing. So, I, I don't – I have not avoided it. I've just not been um, good and diligent. Well, but I think I think you've paid for your funeral. Right, I mean that's what an inheritance they can is for. It. They can they can handle it. I mean it's, it's a paid small for a funeral. It's a small percentage, and it's not a big enough. The 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 uh, if if somebody's uh, not left much of an estate or no estate, and then someone has to pay for the funeral. Oh, I've been in those it's conversations. Even more it's emotional, yeah. Than if it's uh, if you're a multimillionaire and it's you know I don't know fifteen thousand bucks or whatever, and you don't think about it. It's a non-issue. So it does take the pressure off that way. You could really screw up a funeral in our in our situation, and it wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, I've sat with some folks who are looking at me wide-eyed, saying, "I don't how much does a funeral cost?" And you know, when that's one of their first questions that yeah. they're struggling, and there's no way they can come up with yeah. five, ten, fifteen grand, whatever they're going to charge. It's a, that's a hard, hard conversation. Yeah, yeah. So it it is. Uh, but what has happened is if the way – let me tell you who's a sucker for it if you're out there. If you've been through the – while you're grieving, having to go in and select all this stuff and make all these decisions, and you're not sure about the money thing while, on top of that, uh, then you don't want your people you love to have to do that on you. So that's the people who prepay because they want to they never have that happen to the people they love. And so um, – uh, but but still, I would pre-plan. You can do the exact same thing as prepaying, every detail if you wanted to, right? And or that, uh, or you could just dictate. I kind of want the uh, the F one fifty, not the Bentley, <laughs> and not the smart car. I want you know, the I mean, so, smart car. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want the used Dodge Neon. <laughs> I don't want the Bentley. 
and uh, somewhere around the used F-150 level, right? That's kind of what I'm thinking here. So uh, some of you will get that, and the rest of you will be looking up the cars to figure out what they are. <laughs> well, are you going to get one of those? Uh, are you going to get like a, an above-ground monument, Dave? Uh, I'm not going to be getting anything. I like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be Sharon here. sure not spending that I'm money. I'm not going to be. I guarantee you Sharon's not thinking that's a bargain. Kathy's in Boise. Hi, Kathy. How are you? Hi. Um, so I'm a new listener to your show. Um, and so you may have already covered this, but I've heard how much you dislike credit cards. What do you do about rental cards? Because I've tried to um, rent it without, with just a debit card, and they wouldn't do it at all. Okay. It depends on the company. Hertz and uh enterprise hurts enterprise will hurts hurts will not enterprise will at some locations and not at others and so what you've got to do is pre-plan your trip and uh, i can tell you this you can't walk up to the counter and get one in the city you live in it's very difficult uh to get to to rent a car that way uh and so you got to have a return ticket you know, so forth. But if you're traveling okay. to another city, yeah, yeah. yes, there yeah. are companies that will rent to you without a debit card. I haven't had a credit card in 30 years. Now, I rent cars uh, today. Uh, we have corporate accounts. They're not credit cards. I mean, we have a company. We rent cars all over America because we're, tra- this, you know, i got 1,000 people working here. We're, so we have corporate accounts, and, and they don't require a card in those situations, obviously. So that's an unfair advantage that you don't have. But I travel a lot right. and with like just doing family stuff and I, I i just i don't have a problem i'm i've had one bad experience Her, and hurts won't period okay dollar will but it's very difficult Turo will my my experience with enterprise has been awesome my experience enterprise with enterprise 90 been percent great. of the time it's fine yeah uh, i've just been awesome okay, so i didn't know that um okay. i i would call around i, I remember I, I won't i won't say the company but i i sat there and i said here's what i want to figure out i'm trying to give you my money and they were so difficult. Like, figure out a way that you can take my money from me, and they wouldn't figure it out. Yeah, they, because they were uh-huh. working a job, they didn't care. Yeah. yeah, that's it. I mean, that that's the situation with Hertz. They look at you like with a blank stare, like you lost your dead gum mind or something. Gotcha. But, um, but that's the thing. And we had Dollar. We had the Dollar Rent a Car Studio here for a while. They sponsored the studio for a while, and during that regime. Uh, after COVID, they all went bankrupt. Or they all almost went bankrupt, and they turned over all their leadership team. That regime went back and changed everything. But we had dollars set up to where they'd take a debit card, just like a credit card, nationwide, and we endorsed them for that reason and gave them a lot of business. Uh, the new regime came in after COVID and the bankruptcy and the loss. Dollars owned by Hertz. Okay. And so they came back in, and the whole new marketing people, everything, they went back and said, no debit cards. So we had to take the we had to take the dollar we can't be endorsing them. We had to take the dollar in our car studio down. So couldn't do it anymore. That's why we got um, in a fire a customer. It was painful. But um, that's how it worked. No, they didn't renew because they didn't want to be involved with somebody like us that said only use debit cards, never go to dollar, never go to Hertz. That'd be kind of weird. <laughs> this is the Ramsey Show. Headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. George Camel, Ramsey personality, co-host of the Smart Money Happy Hour on the Ramsey Networks, and the George Camel with a K YouTube sensational show, and is my co-host today. Phone number here if you want to talk is triple eight eight two five five. 
225. Well, George, uh, Sunday, bloody Sunday, to quote YouTube, YouTube is, uh, has, has come and gone. The student loans, as of yesterday, uh, the payments are now due. Not just the interest, the freaking payments. It just got real. It just got real. Ugh. It just got really scary for some people, really confusing for some people. The, uh, the uh, chickens have come home to roost, as they say, and not in a good way. Uh, not happy for anybody that's in pain. Uh, we're here to help you. The name of our company is Ramsey Solutions. We believe in solutions, not griping and carrying on. Uh, and so one of the things that we did um, is something we've never done on this show in 30 years. We actually uh, have in-the-field reporters. Correspondence. Correspondence, yes. Big word. Yeah, who, who, that's a big word. I wonder if they'll want extra money. They won't get it. Uh, Ken Coleman Knowing and Ken. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey personalities, are in Washington, D.C. They've been talking to college students at Georgetown, people on the street about the student loans restarting. And uh, this hour, Ken has uh, Congressman Andy Ogles with us from uh, our district here in the state of Tennessee. Andy and I are friends and were before he was an important congressman. Now he's an, now he's a freshman congressman up there uh uh, uh, trying to do some good, and uh, we're happy for that. And uh, so, welcome, guys. Yeah, good to be with you, Dave. Of course, we're in the shadow of the Capitol, and Congressman, good to see you. We're thrilled to have you. I know that you're a limited government guy. Oh, yeah. You're here to fix a lot of that, and you don't want Congress' hands in the pot too much. But they've already created a big issue with the student loan crisis, with the federal student loan program. So, with congressional oversight, you know, of all of the cabinets and, of course, the Secretary of Education and all that, I'm curious, what can Congress do? What should Congress do about the free flow of student loans? Well, first, let me say, you know, uh, the less government does, the better. You know, I've never seen a problem that government can't make worse. But that being said, we're in this problem because of government. So the question is, is what do you do next? And so, like you said, Dave, the payments are starting. Uh, and then just this Friday, the Biden administration has put out there another $39 billion in forgiveness. Now, that'll end up in court. And so, but what they're doing is they're setting these false expectations to a problem that government, again, created. Yeah, absolutely. So is the responsibility of Congress, should Congress say, let's lower the amount of loans? How would they do that? What would be a tactical way Congress could do that? Well, you know, just thinking off the top of my head, you know, you could structure it much like, say, a state voucher program would be, is that you limit the, the number of dollars per student. So that's monies that's guaranteed from the federal government. Then you require universities to put in so much, a certain percentage. And so what you could do by that mechanism is, is really kind of slow the increase in tuitions. Because, look, what's happened over time is the more guaranteed loans that you've had from the federal government, the more grants from the federal government, tuitions have gone up exponentially and there's no reason for these big universities with billions of dollars in endowments to help students because they're feeding at the trough of government yeah. uh, Andy Andy um, I'm curious you and I have talked about this before uh, just as a personal conversation but never on the air um, as a freshman congressman up there, I, I have the gift of cynicism so uh, as I can Im I can't imagine how difficult it is to get that group of people to do anything i mean as a freshman congressman well, how do you do you feel there's any possibility we stem the tide of these student loans going out because i mean the number of dollars is just flowing right at 17 year olds is out of control 
Yeah, and there's not, I don't think, a full comprehension of what's the long-term impact. Look, if you're going to be a doctor or an engineer or some of these high-income earners, you know, your ability to pay that back is is reasonable. But if you're going into sociology or a teacher, and those are noble professions, and you you graduate with two two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of debt, your ability to to pay that off is, is near impossible. I mean, you, you talk to debt about debt and income all of the time, and and so the government is complicit to really putting people in a bad way. And like you said, you know, these payments started today. Uh, That bill is now due and uh, there's no going back from that. I'm curious, Andy, what would it take to actually end the federal student loan program? Dave always says on this show, if it's so bad, we need to forgive them. Why do we continue this? So what would it take on the federal level to make this go away? Well, kind of, uh, you know, the idea of cynicism, making it go away at this point in time would be probably near impossible. But I think we could put some constraints on it, start reining in those dollars amounts and really look to the universities to tap into some of their endowments themselves. Now, that's going to my phone is going to be blowing up tomorrow from all these universities (laughs) because I'm telling them to spend their endowments. But that's what it's for. Right. You shouldn't let it count on the federal government to pay your tuitions, to pay your bills. And look, we're a free market society. We should be a free market society. That's true for universities and colleges, and that's at a time when enrollments are going down. So, again, the cost is becoming becoming prohibitive for so many folks. I'm friends with Andy, so I'm not really putting him under the spot here, but you said it's probably not going to happen. I tend to agree. But technically, could the president, or is it a congressional decision to wipe the program out? Is it a vote? Is yeah, that what it would have take to happen? congressional action. And again, with divided government, divided government, by the way, can be a good thing when, when it's done with in a thoughtful manner. Right. right now, it's very partisan, which is unfortunate. And so everything we do is just uh, is a, is a gunfight. Gun but uh, that being said, it should take it requires a vote of Congress. That's when when Biden tried to forgive the loans before it ended up in court. The Supreme Court said no, that you can't do that. And look, the power of the purse belongs to the House of Representatives. So we're the ones that has to dial it back. And like I said, when you look at all the problems whether it's health care or transportation or student loans, the government, unfortunately, has a role in creating those problems. So what I'm hearing, Dave and George, is in order to get Congress to dial it back, we should start dialing the hotline, That's right. start throwing some people out, putting some good people in like Andy, and take back our economy and get rid of debt. So uh, a couple of weeks into the your first term, are you more hopeful or is this bigger bigger problem than you thought it was serving up there? Well, it's an honor to serve. You know, we're about nine months in now. And, you know, I, I, you know, we were talking offline. You have 435 members of Congress. And, and I'm not disparaging anybody, but there's really about 40 that are the firewall from just total spending anarchy and social anarchy. And of that 40 or 50, there's 20 of us that, you know, if you look at the really tough votes, the really conservative uh, votes, I'm not bragging, but my name's always on that list. And I'm dragging the conference to the right of saying, look, we've got to hold the line here. Look, I don't know, you know, I I know this isn't about immigration, but regardless of where you're at on that policy, we've got an issue at the southern border. Wherever you are on spending, we have an issue with debt, and we've got to rein this in, period. Thanks for being with us. Congressman Andy Ogles, uh, representative of our district here in Williamson County area in Nashville, uh, Franklin area, and Ken Coleman serving as a correspondent, yes, there in Washington, His dream come true. Got to love it. Yeah, he's right, He's always wanted to do that. Since That's he was true. A, and, uh, yeah, Rachel wants to be a weather girl, and Ken wanted to be a D.C. correspondent. So You make dreams make come your, true, Make Dave. dreams come true. That's what we do here, except the weather part. Yeah. This is The Ramsey Show.
Guys, it's no secret that the real estate market is weird right now. So go with a mortgage company you can trust to have your back. Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is Ramsey trusted because they're stable, reliable, and focused on you. At a time when a lot of companies are being bought out or going out of business, count on Churchill Mortgage to stick around. They've been doing things the right way for over 30 years, and they'll keep doing them the right way for 30 more. Get started at churchillmortgage.com. This is a paid advertisement. NMLS ID 1591. NMLS Equal housing lender. 1749 Mallory Lane, Suite 100. Brentwood, Tennessee 37027. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. It is book launch week around here. Dr. John Deloney's brand new book, uh, Building a Non-Anxious Life, comes out tomorrow, Tuesday, October the 3rd. If you order it today, Monday, October the 2nd by midnight, it's $20, and we will throw in $75 worth of extra goodies, including the ebook and the audio book. It includes the nine daily choices to deal with anxiety. Anxiety is very real. It's very real. A lot of people deal with it on different levels for different reasons. Dr. John has addressed this in a way that everyone can understand it. And there's actual, reasonable, common sense solutions. Not perfect and not medical answers, uh, although sometimes there are medical answers involved. But this is more of a a straightforward idea that uh, is scriptural and uh, is also scientific and is based in his um, all the nine PhDs that he has. Mm. I'm, I'm exaggerating. One more reason you get anxiety is if you exa- exaggerate. But So check it out, Building a Non-Anxious Life, Dr. John Deloney, $20 at RamseySolutions.com. Crystal is in Houston. Hi, Crystal. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hello. Hey, what's up? Oh, okay, so um, I just kind of feel like I'm drowning over my head, kind of like all your, all your things say. Uh, I feel all those things. Um, living paycheck to paycheck and not even making it doing that. Um, I've cut out all the extra stuff. And so I kind of just am lost and drowning. I'm sorry. That's scary. So, um, what's your income? Uh, so me and my husband bring home, um, between six and $8,000 a month, depending on overtime and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. What do you do for a living? Uh, I'm a nurse. What about him? He works in the oil field. Okay. All right. And uh, how much debt have you got, not counting your home? Not counting my home. Um, I've got about fifty five, fifty six thousand in credit cards and loans, and then my car. I owe right around twenty on it, mm-hmm. and I've got student loans too. But I, I'm not even to the point where I can even think about that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the balance on your student loans? Uh, it's sixty, but I just got approved for the save plan. Mm-hmm. And so they're saying I'm only going to pay 24 with that, but well, that's over 20, that's over 20 or 30 years. So that's not a good plan, but for right now, it's giving you a, a, a good low payment with no penalties and no extra interest. Right. And my payments don't start till April. Okay. So the save plan is good for you to kick the can down the road, but it's not good for you to actually pay off the student loans. You see the difference? Right. So right. at least it makes it manageable for a short time while we address some of these other things. So fifty five thousand in credit card debt. So you guys have been married. You guys have been married eight years. Uh, seven. Seven, almost like I've done this before. <laughs> yeah, you got the seven year marks all over you. Okay. Yep, as of yesterday, seven years. <laughs> so yeah. you've been saying, "Hey, I've got student loan debt. I've got this car loan. 
Is this just your debt? Does he have debt as well, or is this household? He's got, uh, so the majority of his mind, two of the credit cards in his name that total about 10 of the debt. The rest, uh, and the house is in his name, it's not in mine. Okay. Um, are, is is he me. feeling the weight of any of this, or are you kind of shouldering it all? Have you told no, him? No, I shoulder it all. He's got, he's got horrible anxiety, and so for me to pitch it to him just makes it worse. <laughs> so For I you to just hold up a mirror, he goes, I don't want to see it, I don't want to see it. He's got well, what? He's got, wait, stop, stop, stop. He's got what anxiety? He's got horrible anxiety horrible. he's working on. Oh, he's okay. working with the doctor about, but um, okay. it just makes things worse to bring it to him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, all right. And so you need to know what to do, right? Yeah, I'm just, I'm lost. I don't, I'm, it's getting worse, not better. And I'm, yeah. I'm doing all the things, and I just, I'm drowning. I don't know where to go from here. Yeah. You did a good thing with the safe, and you did a good thing by calling. So you are taking action steps rather than being completely paralyzed, even though you don't see a way out. So that's the first thing. Congratulations. <laughs> a lot of people freeze like a deer in the headlights and get run over by the truck. Yeah. And, and not you. You're dodging. Okay. You're Frogger. You're in the middle of the road going, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> right. And yeah. so that's good. So we can actually help you because you're willing, you're, you're actually willing to do some stuff. It sounds like, okay. So the first thing is this, let me, let me see if this sounds right. The two of you got married and life was a party. Thank God it's Friday. Oh God, it's Monday. And we've had a lot of fun in the first four years of marriage. Then we hit the last three years. Uh, yeah, well, it wasn't exactly a party. It was three kids and three and a half years. <laughs> oh, okay. There's the party. Okay. Different kind of party, but all right. Different That's good. Chaos. Yeah. Chaos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because what I smelled was disorganization and life happening to you instead of you happening to life for seven years. It's what your budget says is what your debt says. Yes, life definitely happened to me. and yeah. um, It says chaos. And you yeah, probably I, used the phrase, well, we had to. and We were forced, forced, we were forced to. to. Yeah, exactly. We had to put it on the card. We had to take out the car loan. The kids got to eat. I got to buy shoes. And exactly. he's not helping. He's got anxiety. <laughs> well, he helps financially. He just doesn't help. I know. He I know. I, I, I'm he saying he doesn't help with his money them. problem or the organization <laughs> part. He right. goes and works and makes money. Uh, right. But that's it. Right. Okay, so uh, all of that to say that what caused this was money happening to you instead of you happening to money. So we have to flip that on its head, and you become very proactive, and you're going to get extremely nerdy and organized, and every dollar is going to be under the whip and the chair like you're a lion tamer, and you're going to make every one of these dollars do a dance before it does anything and anybody who comes anywhere near your plan they're going to get the evil eye from mom <laughs> okay you're going to work your plan and you're going to we're going to develop a plan together and you're going to get in attack mode all right okay it may involve selling the twenty thousand dollar car it probably does what's the payment okay. on that 600 yeah would 600 bucks really help if you freed oh, that yeah. up yeah definitely would how much is your house payment 1800 that's not bad okay you're good okay so what when you have a detailed plan and every dollar is behaving when you work extra overtime or he does it feels good because you're actually making traction towards getting your life back
knocking these debts out rather than feeling like you do now, which is a rat in a wheel. Yes. You see the difference? Yes. Okay. Now, what we're going to do, George and I are going to put you through Financial Peace University. It's our nine-week class. We're going to set you up with every dollar budgeting app, the premium one, as a part of the package, and that's going to connect to your bank and help you put together a budget in the class, and we're going to show you hand step by step by step how to get on a budget how to get control of this you're probably going to get the car sold and get you a hoopty for a little while not for the rest of your life you're probably both working extra for a while and i'll add one thing to it that you're not going to like but you've got to do it anyway he's okay. got to he's got to emotionally stand beside you his ang- listen let me tell you there's a truth in this anxiety is not caused by bad news Anxiety is caused by no news, and I know something bad's out there. People that have anxiety can face the actual fire that the fire alarm is going off on. What they have trouble facing is ambivalence, the lack of knowing what it is. Like the boogeyman is out there, and I don't know which door he's going to come in. But if we know where the boogeyman is and exactly what he looks like, and he has a name, your anxiety actually goes down, not up. I'm not a psychologist, but I have been doing this for 35 years, and I've watched people's peace of mind go up, not when they got out of debt as much as when they decided together to attack the debt. Mm. And so your husband gets to help you not do the bills, but he gets to sit down with you and be a man and carry his share of the weight of this problem in your household. The two of you need to carry this together. It is not fair for you to carry it by yourself. It is not productive and it is not efficient for you to carry it by yourself. It is better if the two of you do it together because once he sees that if I work an extra two hours, I can get that credit card paid off. We're going to cut that puppy up. It's gone forever. And if we keep this up in 36 months and we sell the car, we're going to be 100% debt-free student loan and everything. Once he sees that, he's not going to have anxiety. Anxiety comes from a lack of hope, not hope through hard things. There's a difference. Absolute difference. This is the Ramsey Show. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. In the lobby of Ramsey Solutions, we have the debt-free stage. On the debt-free stage, Jamie and Kyle are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? Hi, we're Good. great. How are you? Welcome, welcome. Where do you guys live? We live in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Oh, just up the road. Yes. Welcome to Nashville. Good to have you. And down there to do a debt-free scream, how much have you paid off? Paid off 158000 in a little over five years. All right, so. very good. And your range of income during that time? We started at fifty-five and um, ended at three hundred thousand. Whoa! Wow. What do y'all do yes. for a living? <laughs> um, during the time when we started, I worked in the dental business and mm-hmm. the business side. I'm now a stay-at-home mom. Okay. And I work for a uh, wholesale automotive group out of based out of Etown, Kentucky. Wow. Doing what? Uh, just wholesaling cars. And okay. it's working for oh, you. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. I'm yeah. catching on. All right. Yeah. Nice job. So, well yeah. done. I like it. I like it. What kind of debt was the 158? It was a car loan, student loans, credit card, and our mortgage. Yay! Oh. Looking at weird people. Yes. <laughs> Paid for house. How old are you two? I'm 28. I'm 29. This wow. is so weird. Not even 30 with a paid for house. <laughs> wow. What's the house worth? About- uh, I just looked about 235. Good awesome. for you. Excellent. And how much in your retirement nest eggs these days? 
Uh, say about eighty-five thousand in retirement. Perfect. Okay, good. So you're on your way to being baby steps millionaires by the yeah. time you're mid thirties, probably at this at this stroke. Well done. Yeah, if you keep up this income with no debt, it's just going to go. Zoom We're zoom. very excited for that. Yeah. Absolutely, it's incredible. The numbers are good. I like it. Very good. Fun, fun, fun. Good stuff, you guys. All right, tell us what happened five years ago. How this journey start and what happened? Um, we got married in June 2017. And we YOLO'd a lot, uh, our beginning of marriage. We just spent every penny that we made, honestly. It was constantly going out with friends, whatnot. Um, we convinced ourselves to buy my, to buy me a new car. and We convinced ourselves to buy me a new car. Wow. <laughs> <It's really laughs> I don't know who the car salesman is here. <laughs> and um, I remember I called my mom one night because I just happened to look up. I was like, we're... 30,000, a little over $30,000 in debt. And I'd never borrowed a penny in my life. I took your class in high school. And until we got married, I'd really followed those principles. I called my mom. I said, I, I can't breathe. I, I really, I felt like I was suffocating. And she said, you know what to do. Tell your husband what you know and see, you know, what's going to happen. And I told Kyle and he was immediately on board. Yep. I think he was really excited for the retirement investing mm-hmm. portion of it. Um, but we got started. We worked our butts off. We drained our savings, sold the car. Kyle picked up an umpiring gig. I picked up a waitressing gig, three side jobs, some really, I mean, I was like scrubbing toilets and dressing up like princesses at kids' birthday parties. I was really doing like Not whatever we Not on the same could. day. Those are different Sometimes. side gigs. Okay. Sometimes I would do, be a princess in the morning and scrub someone's toilet that evening. Wow. Whatever we had to do, um, honestly, we did it. And That's pretty cool. And that was the consumer debt. And we followed the baby steps. We got into our house in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. uh, two weeks later, we found out we were pregnant, mm-hmm. which was exciting, but yeah. not expected. And then we just knew, game on, we want to pay off this house as quick as possible. We had our second son. They're 13 months apart. So we just kind of had to keep reevaluating our um, game plan and mm-hmm. figure out how to readjust and stay on track. But but then worked. as the income shot up, the car yes. business took off, yes. then it's easy to just COVID. reach over and knock the house out. Yeah, COVID. Uh, this is um, the COVID mortgage-free deal here. And yeah. the COVID babies, and that was, you know, made it for a bumpy road, but it it's been a blessing through it all. We've learned a lot, and I was able to leave my job and raise my babies, which is awesome for me. Um, That's a great why. So. And then for me, it was like, it's time to stop being a kid, time to grow up. Because mm-hmm. mm. at the time when we started, I didn't have nothing in retirement. And I was like, nobody else is going to do it for me, so I got to do it for myself. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, there's there's something that happens, particularly when you start having babies. You're like, oh, God, this just got real. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a grown-up time now. Exactly. <laughs> we were very much acting me. like kids at the beginning of our marriage, and we've grown up a lot. So. Wow. I t- well, I'm glad you caught it before you're 30. A lot of people do yep. that, and they're 50, and they go, I yeah. can't live like a child anymore. <laughs> so the fact that you guys have so much of your life ahead of you with an amazing income, no payments, how does that feel? We're very excited. I think um, for me, it's just exciting to know that there's so much opportunity available for us. And, you know, obviously, we've, we feel great that we can, you know, buy some new things and go on vacations and whatnot, but we've been able to give... Um, some gifts above our tithe, which has been really a big blessing for us. But just to know that there's so many open doors, you know, for us because we don't have that strain of debt is uh, that's really exciting for me. So, what's the first big thing you do when you're 28 years old and you're 100% debt free? You're adults and you're on a game plan, but you've got to you got to mark this somehow. You got to do something cool. Mm-hmm. What are y'all gonna do? Cool. 
we've done a lot of cool stuff. Uh, we went to Vegas, which was something that we always wanted to see. It was really fun. We got a new deck. That'll do. We had yep. to replace our HVAC system. And That's then exciting went, right that there. That'll you adults <laughs> real quick. Yeah, that, that, that. When you I say do something a, cool and you say HVAC system, yeah. that's when you know you're old. Yeah. Woo. I went to Scotland on the golf trip. With oh, there it, it is. is. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. There it is. Okay. That's what I was looking for. We've, we have celebrated a lot this year. You deserve it. We, I feel that we do. We if worked really work, hard. If you live like no one else mm-hmm. later, you get to live and give like no one else. Yeah. Your baby steps seven. You're 28 years old. Everything's paid for. You busted it. Mm-hmm. From princesses to toilets to whatever it took, man. I mean, it's pretty cool. That's pretty important. Proud of y'all. Well Thank done. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, what do you tell people the secret to getting out of debt is? You want to go first? Yeah. I would say uh, just communicating. If you're married, communicating with your spouse and encouraging each other. And don't let, because uh, you're going to have naysayers that try to pull you down and say, I can't do it. It's not worth it. You, had, it. you had some of those, I bet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At the beginning. For yeah. Sure. Yep. Yeah. I would say work, um, which is weird for me because now I stay home with my boys, which is work, but it's a different type. Um, But like I said, I mean, we just really, we just dug in and we did everything that we could to make a buck and save a buck. And don't look at what other people are doing, you know, when... Or saying. Or saying. I think sometimes it's hard for me because I'm afraid if they hear our income, they might think it was easy. Mm-hmm. You know, but we weren't making that when we started um, and we never knew that that would happen. So, Actually, that only has come on in the last 18 to 24 months. Yeah. Exactly. Of the five years. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So we started where we were. We had a goal and uh, we were just determined and we trusted God through the process. He's been a huge blessing to us to just give us the ability to work every day and to um, improve our lives in more way than just finances. But work your butt off mm-hmm. work your butt off mm-hmm. especially while you're young yeah. especially while you got you're the young. energy to do it yeah. well that's that's where money comes from work I absolutely mean, it's a novel idea doesn't come from the government so and it doesn't come from a hack of uh, some kind of tiktok hack yeah. it comes from work okay and you brought the kiddos with you yes. what are their names and ages let's bring them well, up so them. one's crying that's okay we're gonna see how this goes weller's our youngest he's mm-hmm. two and mm-hmm. eli is three mm-hmm there it is for all america to hear hi all right what a sweetheart all right very cool very cool hey we've got the uh live and hey guys we got the live and give box for you it's the baby steps millionaires book which is your future great baby the total money makeover book and uh, financial peace university membership you can use those or give them away all right james and jamie and kyle eli and weller 158,000 paid off in five years making 55 to 300 count it down let's hear a debt-free scream three two two, one we're debt-free yeah You gotta love it, man. Family tree changed just ma- like that. Yeah, those boys, their life has changed. They have no idea. Not only have they got a mom that knows about hard work raising them, that's good boy mom right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, but on top of that, uh, it's a family that knows about doing that and that did the did the thing, did the sacrifice to be able to win. And do you know how much money you can get from thirty on when you have no oh, payments in the world. It'll blow your mind just popping that into an oh, investment you pop, calculator. You stick that in a compound interest calculator, your mind will be blown. You can do a whole lot of giving, saving, and spending with that. Wow. And they'll go back and watch this on YouTube 10 years from now, and they'll see what mom and dad did. That's the beauty of this show. That's exactly how it works. This is The Ramsey Show. 
Hey, good folks, Dr. John Deloney here. Listen, the Ramsey Cash Giveaway is back, and you could win the $3,000 grand prize. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash giveaway and enter every day. Plus, save 20% on bestsellers like my latest book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, my Questions for Humans conversation cards, and my friend Dave Ramsey's Baby Steps Millionaires. Listen, don't miss these deals. Get 20% off at RamseySolutions.com slash store. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host. Guys, if you want to help us out, we need your help. You can subscribe and follow the show. It changes everything. Leave a five-star review. It helps a bunch. And click the share button or share the fact that you listen to this show. Just tell somebody. Or click a link and send it over. It helps a bunch if you do all of those because it pushes the show forward in the algorithms and causes people to listen. And then they can decide for themselves if they like it or not. Some do, some don't. Our question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. When you need to make repairs, schedule routine maintenance, or get local help for home improvement projects, the Neighborly app is your source to find and schedule reliable home service providers in your area. Download the Neighborly app today. Today's question comes from Grant in Virginia. We paused baby step two when preparing for our baby to come and have had trouble getting back on track. How do we get back on track when we're still figuring out all of these new baby expenses? This well, one hits home, Dave. Well, hey, George, with a new baby. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so they did the right thing. We tell people, hey, the, one of the few times to pause your debt snowball is storm or stork mode. You got a baby, wait till mommy and baby are home safe, then continue the debt snowball after you've saved up some money. So that's now, so much better than the way I have said it. What'd you say? Storm or stork. That's that got simple. a little alliteration going there. That's very good. I only can think in tweets, Dave. Anything Apparently. longer than that hurts my brain. Apparently. That's that one's great. Free. I you, like it. You can have it. So we're talking about getting back on track. Uh, I assume you're doing an every dollar budget. If you're not, that's the place I would start because you're going to have your income and your expenses and b- people freak out when they have a baby, Dave, because they go, it's going to be so much money. And then you go, okay, we're going to add a line item for diapers and a line item for formula. I was going to be an old boomer with grandkids and go, I'm not sure what the actual cost of this small critter is. It's mental and emotional and physical. Basis. They don't eat much. And diapers are expensive, formulas expensive, but not enough to, it's not like you took on a mortgage payment. I mean, it's a small amount. You have to go see the pediatrician. It's federal law. That's true. And uh, I'm kidding, but you have to pay their, I I used to say you have to pay the pediatrician's Porsche payment. And then I had a pediatrician go, Dave, do you know what pediatricians make? We're the least paid in the medical profession. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. But I guess out of all the doctors. They think they're underpaid. I don't know. So, but anyway, so either way, you got a doctor bill or two, you got, um, a little bit of formula, a little bit of diapers. What else is there? It's not like the electricity bill I mean, went up. You know, we had the baby shower, so we have all the gear in the world, but here's what we do. We get hand-me-downs from friends that have already been through that phase, and we have so much stuff just from friends. So if you're not a part of a local church, get plugged in the community, ask your friends, post on Facebook. I would not be buying all this baby stuff when you're not going to use it for long. So that's a little money hack for you right there. Yeah. But let's sit out. I guess it's like a lot of categories in our life. There's wants and there's needs. Okay, the need is food, shelter, clothing, diapers, formula, warm place to sleep. Okay, the want could be a $55,000 redo of the nursery. Yep, or the $1,000 stroller, which we may or may not have bought, Dave. Well, that's been that's been happening. I, I, can, I can say that the Ramseys might have participated in this trend, too. But we had the money. Yes. And we're not calling up somebody about your budget being tight. 
That's the key here. That's different. So if, if you're calling up somebody uh, about your budget de- being tight, two. buy the $1,000 stroller at a garage sale for 5 bucks from the guy who just went through the last kid and doesn't have a friend to give it to. Exactly. And that's where these folks are at. They're in baby step two. They're trying to pay off the debt. And so I would be scrimping and borrowing and scratching and clawing to not spend any new money. And for the things that you do have to spend on, add a line item, and then you might have to sacrifice in other categories. Hey, we got to cut a subscription, cut the gym membership, but it's not hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month. You know, trouble getting back on track. No, you're just being lazy. You shouldn't have the mathematically trouble getting back on track after a baby's bullcrap. That's what we're saying. I'm calling BS. I think there's probably, you're tired. Emotional. It's convenient spending. You're not sleeping much. Yep. Your brain may not be working, but mathematically, the babies don't make that big a dent. You're confirming my boomer suspicion. Yeah. I mean, okay. as far as what we have to buy on a regular basis, it's wipes, diapers, and formula. Yeah. And lots of all of that because a lot goes in, a lot comes out. There we go. I am shocked to say the least. That's pr- basically their job is to consume and expel. That's it. They got one job. They're good at it, right? Gosh. And so, spoken like a grandpa there, I just hand them back, say, I think this one's broken. It, there's something come. there's kind of an odor coming from this one. I think it's broken. You need to fix it. So That's genius. That's the beauty of being a grandparent. Just, How many I, grandbabies you got now? Seven. And, wow. Um, yeah. And Papa, Papa Dave loves them. I love the little babies. I just hand them back. This one's hungry. I feed them sometimes, but I don't change them. This, no this no diaper hungry. changing. This one's hungry. This one smells bad. And uh, I think you hand it back to Rachel. Rachel, Daniel, you all need to fix this. I can't do that to my wife, Whitney, Dave. I think I'd get No, a, no, I'd I get didn't smacked. do it to my wife either. That's different. That's a different position in life. I'm just saying. Can't wait to be a granddad. But all of this to say, the truth is, all joking and kidding aside, I'm sitting next to an expert who has a... Five-week-old. Five-week-old. I was going to say six. A five-week-old. Almost so, six. Uh, we have actual case study here that the budget is not busted mathematically by a newborn ta-da okay uh carrie is in cincinnati hi carrie welcome to the ramsey show hi good afternoon how are you better than i deserve what's up well i am in baby step two um i found you in february of this year and the question that i have is um I'd like to be able to retire without a mortgage payment. And Good. in order to do that, I need to pay an additional 10 years off. Um, I have 17 years of work left. So my concern is, or my question is rather, if I should put those additional 10 years in baby step two, because I'm concerned about my ability to get my emergency fund built up, maximize my 401k and, and then make that happen with the mortgage payments. Okay, you don't have 10 years of mortgage payments. You're stating this in a way that makes makes me think you think there's actually 120 of those payments that you have to pay. That's not true. Those payments include interest that will not be charged because you will pay it off early. So what you have is a payoff balance you want to accelerate. Correct. Okay, so what is your current principal balance if we were to pay the mortgage off today? Uh, 248. Okay. And what's your household income? Uh, one Oh, just about one Oh three. Good. And how much do you have in baby step two left? Uh, 41,000. Okay, good. So, and you made all this progress and you got lots of traction and finally some excitement back, uh, since just the first of this year. Way to go. Good job, Carrie. Yeah, I've paid off, I've paid off 18,000 since February 25th. That gives me great hope that the 40 is going away soon, right? Yes. Yeah. And how <laughs> old are you? I can working. How old are you? I'm 50. Just 50. 50 in oh, August. you got plenty of time here. Working, okay. 
six to seven days a week. Good for you. What do you do for a living? I'm an occupational therapist. And you're single? I am. divorced. Okay. okay, cool. Good. Good for you. All right, perfect. I think we got a plan here. So the average person that takes off with this stuff and is very intentional and careful is typically debt-free in baby step two, not counting their house, in 18 to 24 months. You're going to follow that model. You'll be done within 24 months. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you build your emergency fund, and then you start putting 15% right. of your income into retirement. And then typically mm-hmm. what happens is they pay off their home in the next seven years after that. So that model says that by the time you're 60, your house would be paid off on average, normally following our stuff, which only involves okay. $24,000 a year. So you'll probably actually be done before you're 60. Okay. Well, that's great. I'm terrible at math. So that's I okay. So I'm, I'm taking 248000 <laughs> divided by 10. Okay. 24. Okay. Okay. 24, yeah. eight, but we're not really going to be working on it all of 10. So it's more like 30,000. So, but, um, you can pay $30,000 a year on this house or whatever it ends up being yeah, and, and be done by then. And of course, what's going to happen is your income's not going to stay the same for a decade. Right. Right. So if you follow yeah. the baby steps as is, don't try to do multiple things at once. Focus on your debt right now. It's going to be gone in less than a year, right? That's the plan. Then your emergency fund is going to take probably another six months or so. Mm-hmm. So we're talking 18 months. You've got no payments. Now we can start focusing on investing, paying off the house. You're going to do that in six or seven years. That puts this whole thing in under eight or nine years. Dave. Yeah. So you, what you're trying to pay off okay. is the balance, though. It's not 10 years of payments because you're going to save 10 or 15 years of interest on $200,000. That adds up. That's a lot of money that's not in this equation. And I think you were running the numbers that way. And this way is the truth and is a lot faster also. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, and host of the Dr. John Deloney Show on the Ramsey Networks, a very popular podcast on relationships, boundaries, mental health, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. So, um, Sunday, bloody Sunday, the uh, student loans have started back, John, yesterday, for those of you listening on a Monday, October the 2nd. The student loan payments have restarted. The interest started the September the 1st. Payments restart October the 1st. There have been three reactions that we're reading about. Oh, crap. I'm up a creek, which is the proper reaction. Actually, the proper reaction would have been to pay them off during the time that you had no interest. But of the people that still have student loans, oh, crap, I'm up a creek. Uh, I'm going to remain in denial because I really think the government is going to pay these off. Uh, or, I refuse to pay them. I'm in rebellion. That's a new one I've started hearing. Yeah, I'm. This is unfair. The whole thing's unfair, and I am rebelling against the government, and I'm not going to repay them. Which was, is the most humorous of the three, as far as I'm concerned, because you you understand that they have your social security number, and you understand that all of your tax returns are going to go to them, and you understand that they know where you live. 
and you understand that the government has almost unlimited power, they can garnish you your wages without even taking you to court on your student loans. They don't even have to go through due process. I'm not sure that's constitutional, but they will garnish you your butt hey, without even asking you or the courts. I remember during uh, COVID... When I got your rebellion. Hold I got, my beer. I got the master... I mean, the, the mystery check deposited in my account, and I remember thinking, uh-oh, if they can put money just in my account, they could... Just take it out of my account. Yeah, there's a novel idea, baby. Yep, they're coming for you. You got to pay your bills, man. Got to yeah. pay your bills. That's uh, as our friend Les Parrott says. Ignoring something like this uh, has a high rate of resurrection. Correct. So this stuff comes back to haunt your butt. That's what happens. So we uh, did send uh, doctor, not doctor, Doctor John Deloney's with me. Doctor Ken Coleman, who's not a doctor, and Doctor Jade Warshaw, who's not a doctor, to uh, Washington D.C. to hang out and talk to people there in um, in in the uh, area where this all occurred, where the disaster originated, uh, called D.C. That's where the student loan disaster originated, and they've been hanging out with both students and uh, grown humans, and even a congressman or two, talking to them over the last 24 hours. Hey guys, welcome. Hey, thanks hey, for having us out here, Dave. This has been great. So what's the you know, word? I think I want to add a... What's the word on the street? I think I want to add a fourth narrative that we're hearing here, which is there's a problem. We've made our bed. Now we've got to lay in it. And not only that, but what can we learn from it going forward? And, you know, Ken and I have talked to a lot. We talked to a couple uh, of moms yesterday who had kids that took out student loans and their their degrees did not ROI the way they thought they would. And so now the conversation is honestly starting to shift towards what are we going to do going forward to make sure that more students don't end up in this situation to end up, you know, to where we can fix this for good, even if the government doesn't do their part, right? Yeah, we've got to be talking to the American people, and we are at Ramsey Solutions, about avoidance. You know, there's a cultural message, uh, Jade, Dave, and John, you guys all know this so well, that's been going on since the 70s that said that a college degree was the best way to success, in some ways almost guaranteeing success. Mm -hmm. And the reality is we know that it's about hard work and great effort, tremendous attitude that helps you get ahead in your professional life. And so now we've got to be able to ask ourselves, is a college degree necessary? Certainly if you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer, uh, that's got to be the path. But as we see in today's world, you can have a wonderful career in technology without ever darkening the door of a college. So there's two questions that, that we teach the American people. Is college a degree the only way to do that work that you want to do? Or is it the best way, meaning giving you a clear advantage? And if that's the case, then do it. But if not, here's the great news. And we know this, Jade. Yeah. There are a whole lot less affordable ways to get there and a whole lot less time consuming. So that's part of it. We at Ramsey Solutions, Dave and John, we want to keep people from falling in the river. Yeah. So let's stop that from happening. And that's really uh, a big part of the student loan crisis. And not only that, Ken, but I think what we're doing here on the ground, which is really pulling back the veil and telling people a story, real people, not just us, you know, sitting in the studio having commentary about it, but talking to real people. Um, I got to talk to a, a woman off the record yesterday, and uh, she was probably, I'm going to guess, in her 60s. She started with $12,000 of student loans coming 
coming out of college. And over the last 20, 25 years, uh, that has grown to $100,000 because she's just continued to take whatever plan, you know, the government would offer her to have the lowest payment possible. And I think that that's really a picture of what's taking place now. Obviously, again, the government is offering these plans and students are going, yes, this is great. Maybe 20, 25, even 30 years down the line, I'll have forgiveness. But the young lady, or I should say the mother that I talked to uh, yesterday was a picture of how that may not be the case and how such a small balance can really grow into something that's quite overwhelming. Dealing with this up front, John, is absolutely mandatory. Just taking it head on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you mentioned it. To what Dr. Parrott says, this stuff will circle back around on you. And you can wait, and you can wait, and you can wait, and you will end up paying what we like to call a soul tax. You're not going to sleep. Your body would be failing you if it let you sleep. Your body would be failing you if it let you have great, deep, intimate, close relationships while it is terrified that the next shoe is going to drop. And so you're choosing 25, 30, 35 years of having a life without peace in it for 12000 bucks. That would have been a hard year, a hard year. And That's right, you, John. You knock them and out. Something, some, something I want to add to that, John, is, you know, we, we're seeing that. Yesterday when I talked to Ariel, you know, a lot of people are taking these plans thinking, well, there's forgiveness. The, it says in the fine print that the interest that is accrued will be forgiven. So a lot of folks are thinking, if it's going to be forgiven, I probably won't even see it accrue. But we're finding that, no, you will see that interest accrue. And John, to your point, what that does emotionally to see your bill go up by thousands of dollars every month, every year, that's got to weigh incredibly heavy. And for that reason alone, you know, you should go ahead and knock out these student loans, not keep them around in your life, right, Ken, as a pet for the next 20, 30 years. But hey, here's here's an important thing. I think that all of us just kind of had the veil ripped off our eyes over the last several years. If the government called and said, hey, I got a plan for you. I know you're over your head. Here's a plan. My instant default setting, and Dave, you might roll your eyes at this and call me naive, but my, my default would have been to trust. Not mine. I think we all have to realize the government does not have our best interest at heart. It has their best interest at heart. This is a money-making scheme for them, and it keeps people wrapped up for decade after decade after decade. Pay these things off. Get them out of your life once and for all, and you become the director of your life. Jane and Ken, good work there in D.C. on the street. We'll see you when you get home. God bless. Safe travels. This is The Ramsey Show. Listen up, trying to reach your money goals without a rock-solid budget is like trying to climb Mount Everest in ice skates. It isn't going to work. That's why we built the Every Dollar app to help you win with money. It's the simplest, most straightforward way to track your spending and give every dollar a job. That way, you can stop letting your money push you around and start reaching those money goals. Download Every Dollar for free on the App Store or Google Play. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host. By the way, guys, our award-winning documentary, Borrowed Future, about the absurdity of the entire student loan epic failure is a uh, is available for free on YouTube. Uh, you can watch it other places and pay for it, but it's free on YouTube. So go, go there and check it. You can also probably check it out on Ramsey Solutions. I imagine we've got it on the website, but uh, either way, borrowed future uh oddly enough um dr john deloney is one of the guests on the documentary back when he was in higher ed 
we interviewed him before he was a Ramsey personality. So that that's um, you you didn't know that was your interview for the new position. I did, did not know I was I was it was a job interview. You'll have an <laughs> uncanny way of interviewing you without you knowing. But I do think it's um, without I, applying. You know? I do think it's important to note. Um, I mean, when we look at what's happening today. Y'all called this back in 2019 when you made the documentary. Y'all yeah. called it. This is we see the train coming, and it's going to hit us, and it's on its way. Yep, for sure. Kenzie is with us in Tacoma, Washington. Hi, Kenzie. How are you? Hi. How are you? Better than I deserve. How can we help? So okay, so I've been my husband and I have been on your plan off and on, but we are um, we've paid off all our debt at one point, and then. I was stupid, got back into it, um, but we're like scorched earth, you know, really, really on this plan to get out of debt. And one of the driving forces is we want to cash flow our kids' college. Well, and this is like the perfect day listening to all of these um, these kids having or adults having to pay for college again, all their, all their stuff. Anyways, um, I have told my kids, I have a 21, 19, and a 17-year-old girls, and I've told them since they were in middle school, we will pay for college, but you have to live at home, and you have to go to a school that we approve of. You have to have good grades, but we will cash flow your school. We're not doing debt. We have been very transparent about the struggle we've had with debt, the um the night you know the sleep that we yeah, lost everything fine. like that i, we, I did the same thing vocal. i did the same thing except the live at home part why do, why do you why yeah. do you add that you have to live at home but, um because if you i don't pay for other people's rent so there where i live there are so many colleges within 20 minutes of our home that there is no reason for you to not live at home. Okay. So and it's your money and those you, are your rules. What's your question? So my daughter refuses to stay home and go to school. She wants to go to um, a state school, but she wants to go to WSU, which is over in Pullman, which is six hours away. Cool. And they require you to live on campus. And the, you have to have the food program, which is about um, – Twenty five hundred to four thousand dollars a year. So she's opting um, out. Of, hold on, she's up. This is very simple. She's opting out of your out of your rules. She opted out. Yes, yes, and it's, it's just it's, it's it, very it, difficult for me. It, it, like, no, <laughs> absolutely, and I've dealt with um, my entire career has been spent sitting with parents, and you drew a hard, hard line, a very hard line, and you very said, clear line, a very clear line. This is the way this is going to be, and she said, "Cool, I'm going that way." And so the other side of a very clear, very firm, hard line is other people can say, well, then I don't want anything to do with that boundary. And But that doesn't obligate you to pay. No, it doesn't mean you She gets none thing. of your money, right? Yeah. No, like I said, I would help with some groceries. No, 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 no. She but, gets none of your money. That's the rule you set up. None of your yeah, money. Yeah. No, but she opted like, out. What? But it's like that. It, it kills me when you see your kid running yep. into. It's really like, it's really heartbreaking to watch people you love do stupid butt things. But you don't get to vote anymore once they're adults. And the same is if your parents started spending their money and they were in their eighties, and it's heartbreaking um, because they keep sending money overseas to somebody who cares about what I mean. Or your best friend buys a hundred thousand dollars worth of crypto because he's an idiot. I mean, you can't stop him from doing it. One of the it. hardest things is is when you love somebody and they're doing hard things that are you know are not going to be good for them. 
And so also if she signs up for all these, like, all of these loans and things because she has nothing saved. She is not doing. She has to pay them back. She's making a choice. Do I have to? Do I have? No, to you're not liable. You're not liable. Don't sign anything. I refuse to oh, participate no. in your insanity. I love you too much to buy your cocaine. You're an addict. Okay. She opted out. She opted out. See, she thinks. This is the reason we're being so strong on this. I know what she thinks. She thinks you're going to give her money anyway. And I can't, I have two other girls that... Doesn't she? Does she think that? She, she does think that, but I'm like, I have to hold true because Mm -hmm. my oldest moved out. So we stopped school. Our middle one is staying home. We're paying for school. So we have to stay true to what we've said. It's unfair to the other two for you to not have integrity. Correct. Zero help. Now, listen, the one thing I have learned, and it is the, I think it's the hardest stage of parenting is being a parent to people who are grown up because they're, they're allowed to vote. Now I can't tell them what to do anymore. I can't use my dad voice. It no longer Mm -hmm. works. I can only use it on the radio on a listener, but I can't use it on my kids, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, that doesn't even work there actually. But, uh, you know, I can't use my dad voice anymore. Not, not even the dog listens to my dad voice anymore. It's just gone. I, I lost my dad voice. It goes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I have to use persuasion with everyone now. Mm-hmm. And so my grown kids get the exact same approach when I disagree with them that one of my good friends would get. I either just stand back and watch and hold my nose or I sit down beside them and I go, you know, I love you. And I, I've got some ideas here of some dumb things I've done in the past, and it kind of looks like some of the stuff you're thinking about doing. Uh, Would you like some advice from an older, wiser friend? If you say no, then I have to shut up. But if you say yes, I'll give it to you. And you have to go at it, you know, like I've got a friend, you know, I've got friends my age who have grown kids that are in their 30s and 40s. One of them called us the other day and said, hey, uh, we have teenagers. You raised three great kids. Can we take you to dinner? We want to ask you how to do that. So I have to use, the, but what I told them was persuasion. I, I didn't get to tell them what to do. Right. They ask, and I get to tell them what I thought. And uh, But that's how you get, that's how John persuades me, or I persuade John. Same thing. That's all you can do. But you might want to try that, because I got a feeling in your frustration you've used your mom voice. Oh, absolutely. And your kids, your kids called your kids called your bluff, right? Yes. Yeah. And I've, I've been working really hard Mm -hmm. on not talking at them, but talking with them. Did you say this is three girls? I have three girls. Yes. Where's dad in this conversation? So he is, he's, he backs me up. We're in a different, like we're almost out of our debt. And so he's like, He's kind of weighing like, okay, maybe we we do this. And I said, no, we have to hold, we have to hold. hold, hold. So that, that's, that's what I meant. Yeah. That's exactly what I meant. So I want him to come around front of this instead of you. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. want him to take his daughter to coffee and say, baby doll, I love you. And I, as, as somebody who loves you, not as your dad, I think you're making a mistake here and I want you to rethink it. And I also mm-hmm. want to, I want to challenge you on something too. Okay. Not on this particular one, but I'm challenging the the bedrock that you've anchored into. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest gifts a parent can give their kids sometimes is to say the words, I went about this the wrong way. Not not the mm-hmm. thing is wrong, but I went about it 
the wrong way. I don't think this is wise. It like I want to take you to coffee and say, hey, let me walk you through why I'm making this this choice. Because I'll tell you this, you and everybody can disagree with me. That's fine. But after working in colleges for 20 years, four different ones across a couple of states, and consulting in a gajillion more, if my kids decide to go to college, one of my rules is you have to live on campus because I want them to experience a bunch of different people and learn about how other people do life. That's different. That's a different philosophy. But here's the deal. Your kid is going to say, I'm going to go for this one then. So you set a set of rules. Great. Either live and die by it. I, but and, I, I want you, I want dad to spend some time talking about why. Well, I, yeah. Why? I, I actually want mom and dad to sit down and say, okay. do we actually both believe this? Okay. And then why? Because it sounds like mom made a line and dad's just going along with it. But why? But why? Is stick right. with it. Why? That's right. You got to talk to a teenager. You got to talk to a grown child as a grown sibling. A grown, grown child is what it is. Yeah. Oxymoron. As an equal. And so talk about why. Yeah. Here, here's why I believe this. Here's why I'm trying to talk you into it. This is The Ramsey Show. It's the last call for our two-night virtual event, Dave Ramsey's Investing Essentials. It's set for May 21 and 22, and you do not want to miss this. I'll unpack my personal playbook on investing and real estate and show you how you can feel confident in your investments, too. Tickets are $199. Snag a VIP ticket, and you'll get two sessions with a Ramsey Preferred Coach. You can join from anywhere. Go to RamseySolutions.com events and get your ticket today. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Eric and Madison are with us. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Welcome, welcome. Where do you all live? Dayton, Ohio. Oh, good. Good to have you in Nashville. How much debt have you paid off? $66,026. Good. How long did this take? Two and a half years. Good for you. And your range of income during that time? 90000 to one hundred and five. Very good. What do y'all do for a living? I'm uh, a teacher. And I'm a warehouse operations manager. Okay. Very good. 66 good in two years. Y'all were cooking. Yes, Way sir. to go. What kind of debt was that? Uh, normal. Credit cards, car loans, student loans. Oh, wow. Nine okay. credit cards to be specific. Okay. So 33000 bucks a year, basically, or 30000 a year, roughly. A little more than well, that. A little more than that, but we'll get there. Okay. All right. So uh, what started all this two and a half years ago? Well, I uh, was in a hospital bed with some complications from COVID, and uh, the entire time I'm laying there, I'm thinking, how am I going to pay for this? Because her credit cards are maxed out. This was before we were even married. Mm-hmm. Um, her credit cards are maxed out. I'm laying there not knowing how we're going to pay for it, and it gets to, you know, we get the bill, and it was only like $300, but we couldn't cover it. So I had to ask my parents for help to cover a $300 medical bill. And then I lo- thought back to a, a high school class I took, where the teacher was giving us a uh, a lesson about your program and showed us a video of it. And 16-year-old Eric was like, yeah, I'm not going to listen to a guy who went bankrupt. Why would I pay attention to that guy? And my memory after that uh, hospital visit came back to that, and I looked you up and found a couple videos and launched from there. And then I took her home to Maddie, and she was a little uh, reserved at first, but eventually I managed to drag her along and get her going. Yeah, I mean, like, who wants to listen to a guy's vile bankruptcy? Right. Really, right. Right. I mean, come on. Right. Yeah, Eric, Eric, so how long y'all been married? Coming up on two years. Okay. All right. So you started this right before you got married, finished it up after you're married. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Good. Good. Who was the person in your relationship who loved them some credit cards? Oh, yeah. That's, totally That's me. You. So, Usually when you have nine, somebody 
has has a, a relationship with them. Tell um, me about them. Yeah, so I um, am a teacher, and I taught in inner city in Cincinnati right out of college. And you don't make a paycheck for six weeks, which no one told me. Um, oh, there's a that nice piece of information for to sure, have, yeah. for sure. So I moved to Cincinnati, had rent, didn't have money, needed groceries, didn't have money. Someone ran into me, had to get a car, didn't have money. Um, so one thing led to another. Um, my dad was like, I already helped you through college. I'm not giving you any more money. Um, and so, you know, a few credit cards later, um, there I was. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And, and then along comes Eric and watch this guy in high school. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, he was laying in a hospital bed during COVID doing nothing. And <laughs> yeah. but, but, he had but he's his, got a lot of opinions. But, but he had his... All right, what I'm doing is not working. Maybe yep. somebody else has a plan. Yeah, and we definitely um, he dragged me for a little bit because uh-huh. I mean so. I was I was a little deep, and by the time we, you know, started doing it and um, working through it, and um, by so the time you, we were married, we cash flowed our wedding and our honeymoon. Hey, and we um, cash flowed um, the birth of George, and then also he had a NICU stay, so we were able to cash flow all of that. Wow! So in addition to our debt that we paid off, we also cash flowed a wedding, a Disney honeymoon, and also a NICU stay. So, wow! So it was a grand total of ninety-three thousand. Okay. Oh my gosh! Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yep. You guys have been very diligent then, real tight budget to make all that happen in that period of time. Yeah, a lot of no's. A lot of yeah. no's, mostly mostly from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ancient word. So the yeah. So so you guys decided to plug back in, or you decided after high school to plug back into us. Where did you find us? How did you get back plugged in? Uh, I just looked you up on YouTube. Oh, YouTube. Okay. Yep. All right. That'll do it. That'll Absolutely. Do it. Yeah, so right. when you didn't want to be dragged kicking and screaming, but here we were. Was it the shame that I've got nine credit cards and a lot of this debt's mine, or was it? yolo like i want to i want to do what i want to do um it it was definitely part of the shame um it was definitely that like it was the norm in my dad's side of the family to have cards and um several of them um i grew up um not in the most traditional way because my parents were separated so i lived two different ways um so you know it was one of those things where i was like okay what they did didn't work and how can we make sure that our family is set up for success Mm. Mm-hmm. That's such a magical transition when you can say, hey, uh, okay, this path that I want to take hasn't worked. Maybe there's got to be another one, right? Yes, for and, sure. And what was what was your most challenging marital moment? Currently? Currently. Um, we don't actually live together right okay. now. Um, we are kind of like married people that are dating, um, okay. which everyone looks at us like we're crazy. Um, we... Our lease was up this summer, and we thought we'd buy a house. We tried. Uh, had a ton wrong with it, so we backed out before we got too far in. And um, we have all of our stuff at his parents and at my grandmother's. During the week, I live in Kettering with my grandmother, and my mom watches our son, and then I commute to work about half an hour. And then during the week, Eric works two jobs and lives with his parents. And then on the weekends, we reconvene at his parents' house, and then come Sunday night, we do it all over again. Wow. When does this end? Um, hopefully May. Hopefully. Okay. Wow. That's the hope. Because we're wanting a house, and the market is insane, and what we have right now just isn't going to warrant us a home that um, is going to be what we want to raise our children in. So, and are you all working in two different cities? Um, we actually work... About like, fit, we, we work about 10 minutes away from each other, Okay, but she's living 45 minutes away yeah. at her grandma's. Wow. Yeah. So, it's definitely... Um, 
something that people look at us like we're crazy. But it's this a is, lot of cash. It's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of money that we're saving between not having rent. Eric working multiple jobs. I'm a teacher. I've been a tutor. I've been a nanny. I've been a babysitter. I've coached. I've done all of it. Um, and so it was kind of Eric's turn to have a second job because I've always had two or three. <laughs> okay, that works. <laughs> it's not the best statement. But what do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is? Do it. <laughs> following the budget yep. um, and making sure that everything's mapped out. We sit down and look at our whole calendar to map out the events that we have. George turns one this October, so we you know, had to budget for him to have a party and things like that that um, I think people let them sneak up on them, and we've had a fun for his birthday since the first of the year, so we ah. have money ready for us. There we go. Very Good stuff, you guys. Proud of y'all. Congratulations. Thank you. Very well done. Who was cheering you along? Uh, mostly her mom jane mm-hmm. she's she was, with the baby somewhere around she's here around somewhere. she she was cheering us all along the entire time my parents as well were supportive they my family doesn't really fully understand it but we'll we'll give them an update and they're very supportive of it okay cool all right uh, and you want george in the uh, debt-free screen oh for yes, sure sir. he's gonna join us how old is george he will be one in october oh yeah so way one. to go little debt-free dude <laughs> well done and he's happy about it too i like it <laughs> oh, yeah. hey we've got the baby steps millionaires book for you total money makeover book and the financial peace membership that's the live and give box y'all live some of it give some of it george is ready man i like it eric and madison and george dayton ohio sixty-six thousand, really about ninety thousand paid off and cash flow included two and a half years making 90 to 105 count it down let's hear a debt-free scream three two two, one one. we're We're debt-free i love it like what happened (laughs) oh that's fun his family tree has changed his mom and dad got weird his, they got face weird. They decided worth, they weren't going to be normal. That face was worth the price of admission right there. That was fantastic. <laughs> Fabulous. Some, something about, um, they mentioned it a couple of times. If I can't convince you on the merits of an idea, if I can't convince you on the math, if I can't convince you on the values, if you're laying in a hospital bed and you can't come up with 300 bucks, can you at least say, okay, this isn't working? Yeah. What you're trying is not working. Would you try something else? Yeah. Um, so many couples like, oh, I'm not doing that. I don't want to. Okay. Is this working? Can we just ask that question? I yeah. think if more people ask that question, they, they would humble themselves and go, okay, I need to try something else. That's good. Dr. Phil moment. How's that working for you? How's that working for you? That's right. <laughs> this is the Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, Psalm 37, 40. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Ronald Reagan said the most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. (laughs) Uh, I think we're referencing the old uh, Joe Biden debt forgiveness program here that uh, the Supreme Court said he's not allowed to do, which he's a lawyer. He already knew that. It has to be an act of Congress. You don't get to control spending when you're the president. It has to go through Congress. That's how that works. Sorry about that. The Supreme Court caught up, and now you guys have to pay your payment. Ouch. But we're here to help you any way we can. That's what we're doing. Uh, Tomorrow, in the next few hours, actually, the sale will end. The pre-sale will end on John Deloney's brand-new book because it comes out tomorrow. Uh, For those of you listening live, 
Uh, you know that this is October the 2nd, and um, October 3rd's launch day. So that's Monday or Tuesday, right? So Monday, if you go by midnight tonight to RamseySolutions.com, you can still get Building a Non-Anxious Life for $20 and get the ebook, the audio book, and his talk, Instantly, uh, Smoke, Fire, and Freedom. All of them will come to you uh, tomorrow. Well, we'll ship them tomorrow. Anyway, they'll start getting the stuff by email and the links and the downlinks and so forth till then. So, hey, check it out. It is the time to get this book. It is the last chance for you to get it with all of the assets. And, um, John, we've kind of been talking uh, throughout the three-hour program today about the student loans restarting and the anxiety around that. But there is a whole lot of different categories of anxiety that are just running rampant in our culture today and i guess it's the different sources of the anxiety well there's different sources right that could be work related um it could be relationship related it could be finance related it can be any number of things calendar related stuff related um but i think much of that difference has more to do with how you were raised, the stories you were told growing up, your genetics. I think there's a cocktail there. So the way I like to explain it is if you and I have a house with a basement in it and your basement is full of um, motorcycle repair gear and in my basement it's full of a candle making shop and I make candles, a fire might send your house to explode and a fire might burn mine to the ground and um, it would just melt gently, right? The same fire would cause two different reactions in our houses based on, you know, our genetics, the based on what the way our, we're raised, the tools we have in our toolkit to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so some people may struggle with social anxiety. Some people may struggle just, they just feel anxious all the time. Some people might gear up and want to fight everybody and some people want to withdraw. And so I think one of the challenges is we've created this diagnostic culture that wants to label all those individual things. I just want to look at the fire, right? Let's deal with the fire. And it is important for researchers to dig into those basements and figure that stuff out. But I, for most of us need on a regular basis to deal with the fire part of that equation. And all of us can deal with the fire part. So George and I had a caller that said, um, I can't, uh, I have to deal with all the money issues because my husband has anxiety. False. And um, I told her, uh, and you, you need to correct me, you can do it in front of everybody, but I told her that him not being involved and taking control proactively with her of the whole situation was increasing his anxiety. 100%. The, if he has, if he gets anxious around money for some reason, and we could pull it apart for a couple of years. Um, his body has put a GPS pin in money and it sets off his alarm system. And every time he avoids it, every time she takes it from him, his body actually wins. It got what it wanted, which was not to be around that threat. So it reinforces that thing and makes it stronger. And if he tries to lean in on his own, it will it will ring louder and louder and louder and louder. And so the challenge with anxiety is the only way to heal from it is through it. You got to go through it. You got to deal with it. And and. When you sit down with a therapist to get over um, something you're anxious about, that's one of the most tried and true things you can heal from. It's the exposure therapy. If you're going through hell, keep going. Yeah, it's exposure therapy. They're going to walk you through it step by step until your body quits reacting to it. And then you got to deal with the actual issues. But yeah, you're right. Every time she takes it from him, um, 
his body goes, ah. Well, my case was, and, and I don't know if this was correct, but my case to her was ambivalence is more stress-inducing than knowledge of an actual boogeyman's details. It could be. It could be. But what I don't want her to do is to run and be like, you got to do the budget now. I'm out. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't do that. No, no, It no, is. No. She's got. No, no. I'm not saying. I'm, I don't want that to be her response. No, I didn't. Yeah. Because um, yeah. people. Here's the deal. Anxiety's real, man. And I got buried by it. It's powerful. And often it's when they. I don't want people to walk away. What I'm saying is, oh, it's just an alarm. Just get over it. Just go through it. That's not how that works. Um, sometimes you got to get somebody to hold your hand and walk through it. Sometimes you got to get a team of people and say, I got your front and I got your back and I got your sides. Let's go do this thing. And, but you've got to make your way through it. But the fact that the, in their case, the, uh, the financial problems mm-hmm. are stacking up, they're getting worse and there's no light at the end of the tunnel. That's not an oncoming train. He's got to know that down in his soul, just walking into the house. His amygdala knows that that home's not safe. Their finances aren't safe. He can smell it in the air. And I promise you. That that level of um, challenge going on, there's something else going on in their relationship. There's something else on the foundation of that home that is causing it to lean over. Well, he's working on the oil field. He's just going to work, getting a check, going to work, getting a check, going to work, getting a check. Just good old boy. Yep. And working his butt off, probably. Absolutely. Probably a great guy. Yep. But she's carrying all the emotional weight and strain of the household. Yes, and the and the lie that a guy like that's told is emotions are for her. You're you were made for shoveling. Y'all get out, and both of you have to shoulder both of those loads. And we're finding out now. Okay, I didn't have the, I don't have a toolkit for sitting with my wife's emotions and feelings. I don't have a toolkit for saying what I feel out loud. I need to learn that. She doesn't have a maybe doesn't have a toolkit for this level of work he's putting in. She's gonna have to learn that. So that's the work they've got to do. Yeah, but someone told him along the way. If he just says, I've got anxiety, I can't look at it, then that gets him out of it. And it probably has gotten him out of everything growing up because we have a culture that says, if you have a thing, we're going to give you a pass. We're going to make the path easier for you. We're going to clear the deck for you. We're going to go into the weight room, take all the weight off the bar, and that will keep your muscles from hurting. And that actually works. It does. But nobody gets any stronger. You never find out what you could do. You never find out how far you could take this thing, how deep your relationships could be, how healthy and well and whole you and grandkids you'll never meet could be because we cleared the path so far for each other. Yeah. We got to change the way we address some of these problems in our culture. Well, I, I got on my hand, um, hands are just messing with it. I've got uh, calluses from cutting trees and fooling with stuff this weekend that Really, an old man shouldn't be doing, but I did it anyway. Had a lot of fun with it. Chainsaws are fun, and so, uh, uh, but that comes from the stress, yeah, of uh, the physical stress in that case of holding that thing while it's vibrating, going through a tree. And when you first hold it and you hit into that tree and you get that first kickback, yeah, it hurts, and your body says, "Hey, let's put this down." But if you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. Tremendous sense of satisfaction. You get stronger. You solve a problem. You get yeah. the calluses, and then the next time you but pick it's that a, sucker it's up, it's a toughening. Yeah, it is. Is what it is. It's fire. It's it, it's a refinery, refining process. It's iron yeah. sharpens iron. Yeah, that's that's powerful. That is part of the whole process. You're going to enjoy this new book, "Building a Non-Anxious Life." Uh, by this time next week, we'll be close to announcing it as a number one bestseller. I'm sure. Our sales and pre-sale have been astronomical. Thank you guys for your response to Dr. John, to this book, to his podcast, uh, to the first book, which was a number one bestseller. We appreciate that. On Your Past, Change Your Future was his debut, and it was a number one. Uh, This book is incredible. The six daily choices to prepare your life, build your life in such a way that when 
uh, some anxiety comes, when some stress comes, when a chance to toughen, you're toughened up, you're ready, you've got some things, you got your glass full, so to speak, uh, and you're ready to fight, you're ready to push through the life when it comes at you, it changes everything. That's right. And if you're like me, you don't have the you didn't have the tools when your body started reacting this way. And this is this this is a toolkit, man. It's a toolkit. It's a roadmap for how to live a better life for you, for your family, and for grandkids that you may never meet. Building a non-anxious life. Tomorrow's launch day. If you want the deal, go to RamseySolutions.com. Twenty dollars, including seventy-five dollars worth of add-ons, till midnight tonight. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.